friends, I want you to take a moment to relax your body. Get comfortable. Notice how your body feels. Breathe in. And as you exhale, just visualize yourself walking outdoors in a meadow with the sunshine and the trees. And friends, I can't even do this any longer. (laughs) I just can't. Friends, I promise you that if you think this is going to be about guided imagery and all the stereotypical things you have heard about meditation, that is not true. I have one of my best friends here who has encouraged me to learn the power of meditating. And guess what? It does not include any guided imagery. So sorry to anybody who is fans of it, but I am not. So I guess we're just going to jump into that today. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. All right, friends, if you stuck around for this long, I appreciate you. Yes, it is no secret that I am not a fan of guided imagery. It actually makes me quite hostile. But I brought somebody who has really changed my mindset, and I think they have some really good things to share with you, too. So this is actually my best friend, Mike. Hey, everyone. So we went to college together at Fitchburg State. First off, I'm going to jump in. Wasn't her voice at the beginning just so great and so peaceful? Like, I was ready (laughs) to start, you know, this meditation. I think you'd be great at, uh, you have a great voice. No. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Guys, it took every, I had literally pre-planned that I wanted to start with it because I have been given that same script before and it makes me so mad. And it's just... Oh, I can't. I just can't. But um, <laughs> but it was so great. You should think about it. You might have a future in it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, but we have just been friends since college, and we have just had such an interesting relationship because we are the most opposite of people in the entire world. I mean, that's something everyone has actually said to us, I think, that knows as well. Yep. <laughs> I'm very, like cynical in most ways if I'm going to be really honest about it and Mike is one of the most positive people that you will ever meet but I promise you friends you know that I can't stand a positivity prescription and trust me Mike has heard about it on countless occasions um, (laughs) from me but he's really helped me learn to balance really learning how to use our mindset to help us grow rather than you know just kind of leave us stuck and frustrated and not actually touching all the things that matter and those are the good things and the bad things. So we were just chatting and we really wanted to bring this subject to you because we've learned so much and it's just been so transformative. Oh yeah, absolutely. When I first got into meditation, there was a change that happened within me because I just started to cultivate this inner calm within myself. And it was definitely something that at first I was worried, like, am I doing it right? Is it this? And really what I've learned is there's so many different ways that you can meditate. And that's part of the fun of it too. And I've just realized that it's helped me in my day-to-day life because I suffered with a lot of anxiety. And really what this has helped me to do is to calm and relax myself, but also to help me to become more confident as well Mm -hmm. in myself. And it's so important. I think 
more often than not, we're going to neglect ourselves over others. I think when we think of self-care, a lot of the times we want to just go get our nails done or we want to just go outside for a walk or whatnot. But I think there's something so special in self-care that is not touched upon enough where you actually have to be alone with yourself. And I think sometimes we're so afraid to do that, but that is where the true growth lies. It doesn't, yes, going out and getting a facial done or taking a walk or going to the gym, all of those things are great self-care activities, but there is something so powerful about being alone with yourself and your thoughts. But I also understand that that probably might sound extremely overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And it was a little bit for myself at first, too. Mm -hmm. But really, when you start going into it more, that's when you start to really have a relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And you start to cultivate self-love within yourself. And you start to enjoy different aspects of yourself because you understand it almost from a new perspective. Yeah, it's a lot like taking your life and looking at it from all perspectives, which is something, you know, we like as humans to just see things our way. I think to some degree, everybody wishes that the world revolved around them. You know, I'm super faulty of that. I'll be super honest. And, you know, that's just something, but I feel you. Yeah, but there is something that to actually take your situation, whether you admit to anybody that you ever took the situation in your mind from a different perspective, just to try it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you don't have to admit that to anybody. You can keep it to yourself that you tried to see things from their point of view. But when you do that with your life, I think it puts you in a place where you can actually say, okay, how is this going to grow me? How can I become a better person? How can I love myself better? How can I love other people better? And that's what I think meditating is all about. And I really used to think that meditating was just you sit there and you go through this field and (laughs) blah, 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 blah. Like Mike will tell you, I was not shy with my opinions on this and he was persistent and resilient with me and I'm so grateful for that even though I was so not at the time Um, and I just think I literally said this to him earlier. I wish that everybody had a mic that would push them (laughs) to do these things. So as we share this, friends, I want you to know that this is not easy and neither of us think it is. It's very hard to look at your situation and really get into a place of growth. But I promise you that meditating is more than just somebody that is throwing a positivity prescription at you or is using to invalidate what you're going through or to just say, well, it's all anxiety. You just need to be in a quiet space. There is so much more more than what people place labels on mindfulness and meditating as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It's so much greater than I think how it's perceived. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I I thought it was something that was so different at first. And then through my journey, it's grown to be something more and more different every time. And really almost every time you meditate, it's really, it can be a different experience too that you have. And I think it's so important what you said too about how it's about cultivating this relationship with yourself. Because a lot of the times we don't sit with ourselves and think like, hey, I'm going to give to myself because we live in a world that you are thought to give your love to people, but we never really talk about giving love to yourself. Mm. And so with the analogy that I love is about filling your cup, because if you don't fill your own cup up with love, then how do you expect to be able to give love to other people? Because you're just going to be giving them your empty cup as opposed to having your cup 
being f- so full, it's overflowing, mm. then you can share that love with those people because you're overflowing. And that's when you're really going to create this positive change in other people too. But because then you're going to be showering them with your love and you're going to be showering yourself with that love as well. Yeah. And it fills you with light. I mean, something that, you know, we've always joked. And as I said, I, the time that Mike and I had met was right in college, and that was my freshman year, and your sophomore uh, <laughs> junior year. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't even remember, but I knew that, like you know, I had just started, and I remember like we had met, and I was like, oh, he's really awesome. And we were lift partners, like that's mm-hmm. what we were training. We were in the dance club together, and I just remember being like, he is like so high energy all the time and I just was not that person and then you know everything had happened that same year where I had almost died and I was out of school and I had really expected that I wasn't going to keep any friendships that I had made at Fitchburg because I like I was just removed from the situation and we just still kept in contact I truly don't even remember what about or how it kind of all came about but we did and there were a couple times that I was like I don't think I can be friends with this guy because he <laughs> just you were so positive and uplifting and you were just so joyful and I was in such a state of sadness and brokenness and I didn't want to see that I bring this up because you know where you're talking about when you're overflowing you're able to give to other people there was a light that you had even just in your eyes how you talked like it was also a joke between us that I would always say you are my sunshine and like there's a little sunshine emoji next to your name on my phone because like that is something that I associate with you but that's because you had that light and you were willing to share that with me you know like I was in a place where I didn't have that so I just want anyone listening to really know like you may not see what I'm talking about or you may see it and actually envy it in somebody else and you're so broken that you just can't even imagine feeling that way but I encourage you to not shut those people out because their light is going to help make yours brighter. That's something that we have found in a literal sense with Sunshine being involved, but just in this way of, you know, like we're okay, we're, we're chuckling because we have a great story for you <laughs> that we were reflecting on earlier. And it just goes to show that I am so grateful now looking back for your resilience. <laughs> Whereas I really think I wanted you to leave my house. <laughs> um, so this was after I had gone through some really severe memory loss and everything. And we were in my family's living room and you had just come over and I was I was not the happiest person to be around and that's probably such an understatement I mean I was not Uh, joyful yeah I could tell especially that I could feel that you were down Mm -hmm. and that's why I feel like I was so resilient about it because I was just like she's been going through all this stuff she's been staying home I'm like I need to get her out of here (laughs) yeah so I'm in a wheelchair at this point now remember we are lift partners meaning like Outside of Jared, genuinely, you're the only other person that I would trust to lift me anywhere because, like, (laughs) that is how we learned our trust and our friendship was from doing lifts. (laughs) So it's safe to say you were the only person that Jared will allow to pretty much lift me up other than him because he knows, oh, it's safe. Like, he literally knows what he's doing. So, of course, that means that me getting out of the house is not impossible if you were there because you could do that. So I'm not like an outdoorsy kind of person. I'm still not, but I do appreciate (laughs) things more because, I mean, this was actually five years ago almost. Wow. Yeah, this year was five years ago. That didn't just hit me till now. So a lot has changed in me over five years and probably everybody. We've changed so much since college and all of that. But, you know, one of the things that 
I just, I was in that absolutely not just to everything phase. And I just wanted to stay miserable on the couch. And you were just like, I think we should go outside. And I was like, no. (laughs) And I just would be like, we can't go outside because of, and I would give some reason. And you would just find a way to like, no, we can solve that. Mm -hmm. And we just went back and forth. I'm trying to think what some of them were. Um... Yeah, the first one was, I can't get out of the house, I can't move, so I was like, I can physically pick you up and put you in my car, and we can take you somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, and then I was like, well, we'd have to take the wheelchair, and you were like, the wheelchair fits in my car, I can fold it up in my car, (laughs) and it was just this constant, like, it's too late. No, it's not, the sun hasn't even set yet. Like, it was just all these things, and just Mm -hmm. back and forth, and it was one of those where I realized pretty quickly, like, I had met my match, I was not going to win this one. I don't think Mike would have physically dragged me out of the house. Probably would have been something close to that. Thought about it. No, just yeah. <laughs> Probably though, he did. I was. I, really I, I wouldn't do that. I, I would get the okay. First. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He would always get my okay, but I'm sure you were just like, I am gonna kill her. And I'm, like, I'm gonna convince her. I can do it. Yeah. And so we went out, and I did not have a great attitude, and I know that because I didn't want to do this and I think I was actually determined to prove you wrong like I really think there was a part of me that was like this is not going to help me and I'm not going to let it help me I'm not going to be okay with the sunshine like I think I really like you know so I'm okay I'll do it this once so then I can tell him it doesn't work so I never have to do it again (laughs) I can shut it down yes (laughs) that was I think exactly my mindset Oh my gosh, for sure. Because I really was like, I just, yeah, it was exactly that. I was like, fine, I'll just do it so that I never have to do this again. And I don't remember much about the rest of that day, but I remember like we just were sitting on the grass and we talked for like forever, it felt like. And I was so focused on not feeling peaceful that (laughs) I finally got distracted and we were just talking and like, It was so nice. I didn't realize how nice it was to get out of my house, to just be in open air, to just be talking about the good and the bad. So like, friends, as we're talking about this, I want you to know it wasn't something where we were only talking about all the good things because it wasn't like we were going outside to just talk about everything that was good. We were talking about what was going on Mm -hmm. and what was real and what was happening. That was where there was peace. It was not just because we were outside. It was not just because we were talking about all good things. It was because we were dealing with real life Mm -hmm. and we weren't afraid to talk about it. Yeah. It's not like we were ignoring anything. It was, we were being with it all. Mm -hmm. And that was so important. You know, as I was thinking about meditating and, all of that. I mean, I for years have always been like, yeah, Mike, that's really awesome. I'm so glad that you do that. <laughs> and he I totally that's would exactly feel that. Yeah, how I would say it. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, it's like uh, anything about meditation, and then you like bring up visualizations, and you shut that down real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I am not sometimes easy to work with. Like I'm just not. <laughs> and when I have my mind made up about something, it's made up. That's why I'm so grateful for friends and family that have determined to um, allow me to figure out that I'm wrong, not just prove me wrong, but help me actually come to understand that isn't exactly all true and I think sometimes I like to put things in a box and I think we all do because that makes it easier to handle whereas if I put meditation in a box and I say okay well I've tried this one way so it doesn't work off my list I can try something else and I think when we do that with so many things back to back and that's not just with a chronic illness I truly believe that's in life in general and we just want to say oh that doesn't work we're done that's not how it works 
there are more than one way to do a lot of different things. So true. That's yeah. So true. And I mean, I'm sure you found that just in life. Yeah, in every yeah. aspect of life. It's like the, if you fall off the horse, you gotta get back on and, and go, you know, because if you're going to succeed, you're going to fail. They go with each other because if you're yep. afraid to fail, you're also afraid to succeed because success mm. leads to more of it. So it's really with everything, you gotta just enjoy the process. Yep. And whether it's a win or maybe it looks more like a loss, there's always those bits that you can pick up from that loss that mm-hmm. then will even add to more growth. Well, and the other thing too is, you know, if you're in a state where maybe you're listening and maybe you're like me five years ago and you're going, uh-huh, Mike, uh-huh, I'm sure. And you know, like that hair flip eye roll kind of thing. But what's so important about what you had just said is sometimes we are afraid to succeed. And I think what happens is when we put all those things in boxes and we just say this worked or it didn't work we almost invalidate ourselves. And what can happen at times is we don't always see the good or the gratitude or the little pieces of growth in us in that moment. But if we allow ourselves to feel them, no matter how small they are, even if we don't feel it in that moment, but we savor that memory, we'll down the line look back and go, wow, that taught me so much. A lot of good can sometimes come from really terrible things, and we are not always going to see that in the moment. And I do appreciate you if you're in that place. I really do. I am so grateful to be on the other side of that. But it is true. Like You may be sitting here going, no, there's nothing good that can come of what has happened to me. And I relate to that. And I think every single person with or without a chronic illness feels that way about something in their life because... Yeah, life isn't perfect and it's not going to go exactly the way that we hope for and exactly the way even when we do everything right, we can't control everything. If you need to bathe in that brokenness, absolutely do that. But no, I promise you in some way, no matter how big or small, you will see growth in yourself when you come out on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And especially too with not just disregarding your feelings, but feeling and honoring those emotions within Mm -hmm. yourself and validating them as real. I was actually looking up a verse and we were talking about just how can we make this practical? Because I wish I had had someone come to me and say, I really thought all of this was crap originally, but here's what I did. And it was small and little and I was stubborn the whole time, but I slowly did it. I wish I had had like that blueprint. I'm sure Mike wishes he had that to give to me so he wouldn't have had to argue with me for so many years, (laughs) you know? And so what we were doing is we really wanted to give you guys practical ways that you can incorporate this into your life. And I found something really interesting. I was looking at verse in Joshua and it was talking about how we need to meditate on God's word day and night. And that's, you know, where our source of hope and all of that comes from. And what I thought was so interesting is the next verse I had never associated as being connected. And it talked about how when God is with us, we're able to be strong and courageous. So when we're meditating on him, we're gaining his strength and his love and his compassion and his grace and his mercy and all of the things. And that was when we were thinking it literally just fits so perfectly with just the most important starting step that you can possibly have is that you can meditate at any time. Situations do not have to be perfect. And I'm going to let Mike totally give you all the things because he just explains it so perfectly. (laughs) But it is true that meditation is a choice. 
you know, like we can be strong and courageous when we are meditating on the right things and we will be able to receive those things. So I just want you to know that meditation is a choice. And if it's forced on you, you're not going to like it. Nobody's going to like it. And maybe that's why I'm so hostile about imagery because it was forced on me as the way that this had to be done. And I think I associate that negatively in my mind. So you know what? I can't meditate that way. That is entirely true, but that does not mean that I can't meditate at all. Yeah. Because what I think too is there's so many different types of ways you can meditate, but also it's one of those things that it's, you're never necessarily going to feel like this is the right time to meditate. You never be like, oh, I feel great. Let me meditate. I mean, eventually you might be there, but really when it comes down to it is you may feel like crap and maybe you don't want to do it. But the thing is, is those are the times where it's the most crucial to jump into it because then that's really where you're going to help to change your state. And the situation doesn't have to be perfect. Meditating does not mean you need to spend an hour I don't know, sitting on a yoga mat or like whatever you may think of that stereotypical, like five minutes is better than no minutes. Two minutes is better than no minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be great to do it all perfectly and be in a yoga studio and all the things like that would be awesome. But sometimes that's not real life. And five minutes is better than no minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And two, it's not like you have to be sitting in a certain position. Mm -hmm. Like with me, it's like a lot of times when I meditate, I lay down or I sit in a chair. You know, there's so many different ways that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part is to just start. That's what I've realized with a lot of things. It's the hardest thing is to just take that first step of like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit down or lay down and I'm going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And that's just so freaking crucial. Like it really is. It's just looking at everything. Situations are not always going to be perfect. And I find like for me personally, I used to be in a place where if I'm going to do something, I would do all or nothing. I was a very much all or nothing person. I did not believe in finding middle ground. Like you either did it perfectly or you didn't do it at all. And one of the things that lately I found I struggled with, which I never would have imagined being a problem at this point in my life is um, we had come back from the hospital. I had had a dislocation. I was just, you know, getting ready to do my write the word journals. And that's how I meditate in the morning. As we're going to talk about, there are lots of ways. And I promise we will share all of them with you. I promise. And you'll probably think of more that we can't even think of because it's so individual. But I was sitting here and I was so frustrated because the room was a mess just because life happened. And I just got this place where I almost didn't do anything because I was like, well, if the room's not clean, I can't meditate. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, I'm just going to turn on the TV. And I, no joke, got all the way to the show I was watching, clicked play. And then I stopped myself and I was like, "Mm, this seems a little bit overdramatic of myself. Yes, I love it when it's clean and it's perfect and everything is in its exact spot. And I can just, you know, clean room, clean life. That's kind of how I think of things, but it didn't have to be perfect. I didn't need that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make the most of what I have right now. And I'm just going to do it anyways. And you know what? I felt so much peace and just contentment. And yes, this does not mean that I'm going to leave the room a mess and I'm going to become a hoarder. Like it does not mean that it does not mean that I have to go onto the total other end of the spectrum. It just means that I am going to say, all right, this is where I'm at. 
and I'm going to work from right here with what I've got. Yeah. And I love that too, especially with, you know, the dirty room, because I've been there too, where it's like, I have my dirty room and I'm like, oh, I feel like I have this, all these things I need to do. And really by taking those moments for yourself in midst of the chaos of like the dirty room or whatever it is, when you take that time for yourself, you then just revitalize yourself so much too, that sometimes then I get in such a great mood that I then clean my room. Yeah. And sometimes too, it's like, it almost feels like a mental fog and when you kind of like clear that mental fog away you just you've gotten now yourself into a different state that now doing whatever it is you're doing feels better as opposed to like if you were to stay in that upset state of oh my room is dirty I can't do anything I can't do this I can't do that and then you're just gonna snowball that I can't where when you just kind of take this time like you know what I don't care. My room is a mess. I got to give to myself right now. And then you, you stop, you give yourself those five, 10 minutes, and then you're now at, at a totally different place that then you might even enjoy cleaning the room mm-hmm. and you'll enjoy it in a different way than you would have if you would have kind of stayed in that negative snowball. Yeah. And it's so important. We keep saying it over and over again, but I hope that you guys are truly hearing us things do not have to be perfect for you to meditate because I'm even thinking of there are times when I'm in the hospital and no matter what I do, some alarm goes off, something's beeping, something's taking away. Like Mm -hmm. I can't get two minutes of quiet. I feel like when I'm in the hospital or even I know my mom, when we were all younger, she just struggled to find moments of peace because it was chaos because we were all everywhere. But sometimes it's just taking that one, two minutes just to take some breaths. That is still meditating. And you may be Mm -hmm. like, well, that's really lazy. No, it's not, because sometimes that is the best that you've got, and you can't do anything more than your best. Mm-hmm. And that's so crucial. And I think what's so important of what you said there is when you're hearing all those beeping and stuff, is like there is no necessarily perfect place to meditate. Mm. Because, like, I thought, for example, I needed to be in this perfectly quiet room where I had no sounds that came to me. And then, really, with my journey through it, I almost use those sounds to help me dive into my meditation oh, even deeper yes. because then it's like you're okay in the ocean of life you know it's Mm -hmm. like you're around that you could even be in Times Square with hundreds of people running around you and you could meditate and you could even have a better experience because you're focusing on the noise around you just the energy exactly because it's all about where it's all about how you're thinking about going into it because you could do it in a completely silent room or you could be in a completely loud room well and I think even you know, it works so perfectly into your next point is that sometimes even if we're willing to hear all the noise, we think a lot. And I know something that I have always, Jared and I bickered about it all the time. There are times when I'm in the car and I literally be thinking about like 10 gajillion things and I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And I was like, no, that's literally not possible. Like you have to be thinking about something. And he's like, no, I'm just thinking about driving. And I'm like, liar but he's literally just like i'm literally like it's just he's just totally free of mind and i think that's also a choice that we make and it's really hard to turn our brains off because we're thinking people we were made to think and create and go and move and yeah like it's yeah absolutely because we are thinking beings that's what we are and so really in my beginning journey with meditation i thought i had to shut off the thoughts because they say don't think of anything it was so hard because then i was so focusing so much on not thinking that i was thinking about not thinking and then that would just snowball because i was like i'm thinking about not thinking again and then i would get overwhelmed and i would get frustrated because i thought it had to be a certain way and then through my journey with 
with it, my best analogy that I've, I've heard is it's like you're kind of looking at the clouds. So it's like you're laying down, you're looking at the clouds. So you could look at that cloud and you could be like, oh, that looks like a bunny rabbit. There's the tail. There's this. Or you could just look at the big picture and let that cloud float by. So instead of like mm-hmm. focusing on that cloud and being like, there's the eyeball, there's this, there's that, you just let it go by and you just watch the cloud drift by. And so it's not that you're not going to have another cloud that's going to come by. But the thing is, is when you notice it and you notice you're thinking about that cloud, you go, oh, that's a nice thought. And then you just let it go by just like a cloud would. Mm -hmm. And you just let it float by and you don't pressure yourself of being like, oh, I thought a thing. Now my whole thing's ruined because you're going to have thoughts throughout your whole meditation. And it's just not having that emotional response to it and just saying like, okay, there's a thought and let it go. Yeah, and it's also important, too, for any of my friends who are, like, not here for the imagery and you're just triggered, um, you know, like, it really comes down to the fact of just, like, you know, we can't stop all of our thoughts, but we can do our best to control them. Yeah, and to choose what you focus upon. Yes. And even me, as someone who hates all imagery, I do love the cloud impression because it does make me really think about how I can't stop those clouds from going by. There's nothing I can do, but I can choose what I think about them or not think. Exactly. That's a choice. Yep. And there's days, sometimes there's more clouds. Mm -hmm. There's days, sometimes there's less clouds. And to not have an expectation of, oh, it needs to be a certain way, but to just appreciate it for what it is and letting it go by and just observing it. Yeah. And I think too, you know, something that we talked about and I really, really want to make sure is clear is that you can meditate in all different capacities. I guarantee to you that Mike and I meditate differently for sure, because we're two totally different people and it's not one way is wrong and one is right. That is how we both have found our inner peace. And so if you love guided imagery, I hope I didn't kill that in you. Like, (laughs) That's okay. That is awesome. If that is how you meditate, awesome. Something that we both, when we can totally dive into this because this is such a great topic another time, but you know, we are big fans of Reiki and that's something that Mike graciously fills me with when we see each other. And that's a way that I meditate. My daily meditation is when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep, I just start praying for people. That's how I fill my time. If I'm going to be up, I'm not going to be up stressing. I want to be praying and making that time productive. If I'm up in the morning, I do my write the word devotionals. And for me, that is meditating. And Mm -hmm. that's absolutely okay. But like you also meditate in different ways. Yeah. It doesn't invalidate any of them. Yeah. And what I think is so important with that too, because then when you start doing this journey of meditation, you find out those different ways of meditating that you like. And by doing that, you're also discovering more things about yourself Mm -hmm. and you're learning more things about yourself. And that's how meditation can be even more powerful because you're working on that relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've done a lot. You've like, I really haven't meditated outdoors, but you, you've gone like outdoors, indoors, like yeah. you really mm-hmm. like had a good opportunity to like experience yeah, all of the those beach, things outside on a windy day in the woods in my backyard mm-hmm. um, where it's like it's another thing to focus upon you know it's like you're focusing on the sounds of the leaves moving or you're focusing on the crashing of the waves but really it's just where you're putting your focus because I, I do it in my room all the time where um, it's either quiet or sometimes I'll, I'll be hearing people yelling in the background
background, you know, but it's like when I hear those things, I don't think like, oh, they're yelling and they're ruining my meditation because I could focus on that and I could let it ruin my meditation or I could just think, oh, that's yelling, that sounds okay. Those clouds just let them drift by of like, you know, I don't need to invest my time on what these other people are doing because that's not my issue. They're doing their own thing right now and I need to focus on myself. And, you know, we're never going to necessarily have those perfect times where you're not going to hear a bird outside because you could look at that bird as like, oh, that's helping my meditation. I'm enjoying the sounds of it. Whereas I would be like, oh my gosh, I want to kill that bird. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's all about how you look at it and then it even can help you work on it in yourself more because then when you hear that bird and it's pissing you off, then you're like, you know what? The bird's doing its own thing. (laughs) It's true though. But it it takes time to come to that mindset. So starting small is so important. I mean, as I had already said, I used to be a go big, go home. Like that was it. But meditating, I failed that way. And it made me just feel like I couldn't meditate at all. And I was like, well, it's just not worth doing. And it was just like what you were saying. I had to just little by little. I started small. I didn't say, well, I'm going to sit here and meditate for an hour. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to look up this thing. I just said, all right, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing at all right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about and whatnot, but I just know that I am focused on your peace and I'm going to let myself receive that right now. And sometimes that was in the car two minutes before I'm about to get out and be in the hospital and have everything chaotic. Sometimes that's really peaceful in the morning when I wake up. And I can do that in any situation because I control my meditation. I have decided that despite whatever is going on outside, I am going to control the time that I have, no matter if that's one minute or that's an hour. Life is such a gift. And I think that meditating helps us remember that because life is so busy and hard and messy and broken. I think sometimes we forget you don't have to be grateful for every single thing. But when we are just grateful that we are alive and we're here, that is what makes meditating helpful and so just healing. Yeah. And I think what's so great with that too is like, that's what I started learning when I was doing more regular meditation is that it was a reminder, God is with me and the universe is with me. And it was reminding me you can do anything because you have God and the universe behind you. What I loved about it is like, you know, because we just get caught in the hustle and bustle of life that sometimes we forget about that and we start doubting ourselves. And then really when you take that 10, 15 minutes, of that meditation where you're having that relationship with yourself and God and the universe, that's when you remember, wow, you know, like I'm here for a reason. God's behind me and I can do anything I want to and I can have fun with doing whatever it is that I want to do. That really goes into my next point, too, of you have to see that feeling state that you're in. Mm -hmm. So whether that be you let it just wash over you and you feel whatever it is that you feel and you honor that feeling within yourself. And then you do some sort of visualization where you really just feel all of that. You could do it as like a warm liquid goo that like fills up your body or some sort of thing where it's right for you, but gives you a, a feeling of that relief and that basking in all of the universe and really one great way to do that is to feel your heart 
and yeah. to feel that beautiful organ you have that is working for you every day, every second of the day, even when you're sleeping. And that heart, when you feel that there, that heart has always been with you. You never had to do anything. That heart, that was a gift that was given to you by God. Mm-hmm. And that right there is your validation of why you're here and whatever it is you're doing because you were given this heart that is working for you. And that is love incarnate inside of you at all times and is always working for you and is always there. And I think it's so important because we never really think about that and we never really have gratitude for our heart and for our our insides, you know? Yeah, and I think for anybody, because I know really struggled with this and even sometimes it still just comes up because in a lot of ways, my body works against me. My body is fighting me every single day. I am fighting it every single day. And I don't like to take ownership or gratitude for my body because I'm kind of pissed about it. And this was not supposed to be how I imagined my body being. And it has betrayed me in a lot of ways, but I'm still here. And my body is still fighting for me because if my body gave up on me, my heart wouldn't continue to beat. So you may be saying there's nothing good coming from my heart. Well, you're here and we're so grateful for that. We're so glad you're here because every person is meant to be here for a reason. Every day that you wake up and your heart is still beating, you have another chance to do life and continue and to grow. One of the things that I think gets really confused with meditation is just that whole positivity prescription and just, well, I have to be grateful. I have to be this. I have to be this. Well, that's not always true. You know, you can be feeling so broken and you can, as you were just saying, like basking and bathing in that brokenness, but you can also experience peace and love and joy and light at the same exact time. You can welcome those things in. And I pray that if you don't feel that way, that you have a mic in your life (laughs) who will encourage you and gently push you to make sure that you remember those things even when you can't see them. So yes, feel everything that you're feeling. And honor it. Also, yeah, honor it. And know Mm -hmm. that there are still things to be grateful for. Yeah. And it could be that you brush your teeth this morning or the sun is out. Or in our case, it's not at least torrentially raining right now. Even though it's been raining the past Mm -hmm. couple of days, I'm not grateful, but I'm grateful it's not downpouring right now. Like Mm -hmm. it can be anything. And it can be as simple as that I have the ears to listen to this podcast. I'm able to to speak in this, but I have my phone. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be something as little as even to the sun outside. Mm -hmm. And it can be something that is minuscule, but there's always something to be grateful for, even though it might be hard to see it at that moment, but there is always something to be grateful for. And friends, as you and I talked last week, we talked about celebrating every victory and how that's so important. And I read you all my crazy victories that I've started logging over the past six months. So if you're looking to get into meditation and start small, so something that I do in order to celebrate that victory is at the end of every day, I just sit down. It's not always quiet, but I take a couple minutes just to myself and I say, all right, what did I do today? What did I accomplish? And there are days that I'm really upset because I'm like, well, I just didn't faint today. That's the only good thing that happened today. But that is awesome that I didn't faint today. And I record Mm -hmm. that victory. So if you're thinking, what is the smallest way and you are logging those small victories and you've started doing that, know that that is meditating. I know that might be a shocker, but that is a form of meditation. So Mm -hmm. if you're thinking, I could never meditate, but you're already logging your victories and making a point to think about them, 
guess what? You've already started. Yeah. And a lot of the time too is people have been meditating for years <laughs> and they just don't really realize that that's actually what it is. Yep. And I think it's so great when you're saying about celebrating because if you look back at something in life that you feel so proud that you accomplished something, really think about that and think about where you were. How long did you celebrate that? Mm. That you were really happy and you were like, wow, I did this. Was it an hour? Was it just you went over to someone and you said, oh, this happened to me? But really, it's we don't celebrate our own victories enough mm-hmm. and to really bask in that and, and be proud of yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's like we kind of just are like, oh, yep, I did that. That's cool. And then you kind of move on. You're like, OK, what else can I do? But really, it's you got to really celebrate yourself because you did those things. and You should be proud of that. And really, when you celebrate that, you're giving that back to yourself. And that is going to make you stronger and it's going to help you to accomplish even more things. It's so important to be because I feel like we today, we don't really give as much to ourselves. And it's so important to celebrate your victories and to really appreciate them because that's going to bring more victories into your life. Yeah. And I think, too, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, right now I have nothing to be proud of. I understand that because I really think of what I used to do and just like, wow, I was so proud of that. I'm still allowed to be proud of that. I'm still allowed to be proud of the titles that I had, even if they're not anything close to what I'm doing now. I still worked really, really hard and those matter. And even though right now I may be sitting here going, well, what am I proud of right now? Well, I'm proud that I'm still here. I'm proud that I'm waking up and I'm showing up every day, even when I don't want to. And when it's hard and I'm discontent, life is just falling apart. I'm showing up, I'm still being here, and I'm proud of that. But even if that's where you're at, you are still allowed to be proud of a life that could not be, a life and a dream that you had that you worked towards that didn't pan out. You are absolutely allowed to be proud of that progress. Absolutely. I think that's so important, too, because to our past accomplishments that we've had, we usually don't think about those because we're like, okay, thinking about the next thing when you need to celebrate what you've done in the past, because you should really be proud of everything that you have done, because that's something that you grew from. And really, those are the moments mean the most in life Mm -hmm. is really when you, you find that growth within yourself. And maybe you said, oh, I couldn't do this, but you made it happen Mm -hmm. or that you just jumped into it and you gave it your all. And the fact that you grew from that experience is really the part that means the most Mm -hmm. and that you should be proud of is your process through it. Yeah. And, you know, friends, as you're thinking about this and maybe you are someone who, like most of us, who say we're going to do all the things and you start doing it. And then a week later, you've missed a day or two and you just decide, well, it's not worth doing anymore. I encourage you maybe just try to say, I want to meditate for five minutes once a week. You know, whatever it is, you don't have to set this lofty goal, but I can tell you from experience, consistency, even if it is not your perfect everyday thought of consistency, matters. Yeah, it's so important. And two, it's even just as simple as like, if you say to someone, oh, like, why don't you meditate? And they say, oh, I don't have five minutes. Then you are lying if you're Mm -hmm. saying you don't have five minutes because if you watch TV, that's a half hour per episode that you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's your choice to not make the time for that. And really what that is, is you're choosing not to make that time for yourself because it's so important that you have that time for yourself because that's you're working on your relationship with yourself and then that's how you can fill that cup and to share with others. And that's why it's so important to, well, the analogy too with um, getting back on the horse because I've, I've done it so many times where it's like, I'm not meditating for a few days and then I am not 
where I was before because I'll sometimes realize if I don't meditate, I'll be like, oh, I meditated yesterday. I don't need to do it again. Mm -hmm. And what I realize is I treat my whole day differently because I didn't take that time to say, I am a creator. I can do whatever I want. I have God in the universe behind me. And Mm -hmm. the only thing that's holding me back are those thoughts and beliefs that I'm holding about myself and that I can do it. I have the whole world and the universe behind me. I have God behind me and that you can do it because what I really think too is with that inspiration that you have to do those things that really comes from God too. And that's really when you're working in sync and that's when things feel right is when you're in sync and you gave that time to yourself. And friends, if you only had one minute, you could still feel exactly what Mike is talking about. If you only had one minute, Mm -hmm. you could still come out of one minute of meditation that way. There are days I love to pray for other people. That is something that I just love to focus on and think of others. And I have quite a prayer list. And there are days that life is crazy and I can't spend a half an hour or whatever it is praying for people. So I will actually just put my hand over my prayer list and say, Lord, I know that you know what all of these things are, and I pray that you would just bless these people and move forward. So does that mean that I didn't pray today? Well, I didn't pray in that perfect half an hour. It took time to mention every single person's name, but I did pray, and that's still better than not praying at all. Absolutely. And so that's where, like, I just want you to know that when you're hearing, like, even when I'm hearing you talk about this, I know because my meditation journey still needs lots and lots of work and moving forward. But I know that, like, it doesn't matter how much time I spend. I can walk away feeling exactly how you were describing as long as I decide that I'm going to feel that way. Absolutely. I love that so much. Because it's really, it's when you make that time for yourself and you decide you're never going to be like, oh, I'm feeling great. I'm going to meditate. I mean, you might feel that way, but really it's, you just got to do it. It's, you got to take that first step and do it. And then you're going to feel like you're on top of the clouds. So I encourage you that as this podcast finishes, that you take just 60 seconds and just allow yourself to receive peace and love and acceptance and validation and joy and brokenness and all of the other things because I promise you can do it. I'm living cynical proof that you can do it and you are welcome to find either of us on social media and reach out to us. I know Mike has some different resources on meditating and if you literally need a mic in your life, you can literally find one. It's pretty great. Um, So I really hope that you didn't feel like we were throwing a positivity prescription in your face or we were pushing just exactly how to do it. Meditating is what you make of it. Yeah. And I think it's so important that you say that too, because anything in life, if someone tells you you have to do something or whatever it is, you don't feel like you want to do it. But if you Mm -hmm. feel like, you know what, I feel like I want to do that. And you just take a chance and you say, you know what, one minute of my life, is that really going to make a difference? You know what, let me try it out. Mm -hmm. And you may be surprised what you learn. Yeah. All right, friends, this has been so great. And I promise that I will have Mike on again. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was so great. All right, friends, I'm gonna let you guys go meditate. This episode was brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart podcast network. If you would like the show notes for this episode or want to check out the other wonderful shows the network has to offer, feel free to head to speakingtotheheart.org. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help you support your kid's future career as a teacher. Uh, airplane driver? Um, no, their career as a hairstyle designer. As a dinosaur doctor? Oh, their future job as a windmill builder. No, an ice cream taster. You know what? 
We just don't know what they want to be yet. But while they figure it out and dream big, we're here to help you save for what comes next, whatever that may be. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra. Subject to change.